0: Warlock Vorobach Reads Produced by the Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library Welcome to Warlock Vorobach Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County Public Library podcast. This month's poet was a man of many trades. A painter, a printer, textile designer, literary press creator... Socialist activist, and the first author to set a novel in an invented fantasy world. He also had two characters named Gandalf and Silverfax. That might sound eerily familiar to some of you listeners. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if you still had some ghostly ringing in your ears from last time. Whether it be a bell tone or the Kaka caw of a raven. Don't fear, this month's poetry is not as morose as Edgar Allan Poe's poems, but there is a touch of forlornness in their medieval-like settings. This week, we read William Morris. William was born on March twenty-fourth, 1834, in Essex. Both of his parents were wealthy middle class. From an early age, he had an interest in reading, gardens, and ancient architecture. In 1852, while attending Oxford University, he developed an interest in medieval history due to the number of medieval buildings located there, but also because of a growing dissatisfaction with Victorian industrial capitalism. He was also heavily influenced by the art critic John Ruskin, who favored handcrafted arts over manufactured ones. William started an apprenticeship in architecture, but he quickly became enamored over the pre-Raphaelite paintings and started to paint in a similar fashion. He also became close friends with Dante Gabriel Rossetti, who painted a watercolor of The Tune of Seven Towers, one of the poems I will be reading today. In 1860, Morris completed building the Red House, a red brick L-shaped house where he and his family would entertain guests by playing hide-and-seek and and painting Arthurian and chancer-based murals on the walls and ceilings. The next year, he would help start the decorative arts company Morris Marshall Faulkner & Company, whose stained glass windows were in high demand. It was at this time Morris abandoned painting and took up wallpaper design instead. From 1865 to 1870, Morris worked on the Earthly Paradise, an epic poem containing 24 stories from different cultures set in the late 14th century. He also became interested in Icelandic literature, translating many works, and even visiting Iceland. His friendship with Rossetti dissolved around this time with the rumors that Rossetti was having an affair with his wife. Increasingly, Morris became more fed up with the poor condition factory workers lived in, and he joined various radical and socialist groups. Towards the end of his life, he translated Beowulf, a poem I read earlier on this podcast, as well as writing The Wood Beyond the World and The Well at the World's End, the first books to be set in an entirely fantastic world, and were highly influential to future fantasy writers such as Lord Dunsany, C.S. Lewis, and J.R.R. Tolkien. In 1891, he founded the Kelmscott Press, which produced limited edition books printed by hand and designed in the Gothic Revival style popular at the time. He died of tuberculosis in October 1896. I will be reading two of his early poems published in 1858. The tune of Seven Towers and Spellbound. Here are some highlights from that year. The Wedding March by Felix Mendelssohn Becomes a popular wedding recessional after it is played at the wedding of Queen Victoria's daughter. Richard Francis Burden and John Hannon Speck become the first Europeans to discover Lake Tanganyika while trying to discover the source of the Nile River. Hyman Lipman patents a pencil with an attached eraser. Minnesota becomes the 32nd state. Rani Lakshambhai dies at age 30. She became a symbol of resistance against British control of India. The Pikes Peak Gold Rush, later known as the Colorado Gold Rush, begins. Charles Darwin and Alfred Wallace read papers announcing a theory of evolution by natural selection. President James Buchanan exchanges greetings with Queen Victoria via the transatlantic telegraph cable. The first Lincoln-Douglas debate happens in Illinois. Future President Theodore Roosevelt is born. Macy's department store opens in New York City. And now for William Morris's The Tune of Seven Towers. No one goes there now, for what is left to fetch away from the desolate battlements all a row and a lead roof heavy and grey. Therefore, said fair Roland of the Flowers, this is the tune of Seven Towers. No one walks there now, except in the white moonlight, the white ghosts walk in a row, if one could see it in awful sight. Listen, said fair Roland of the Flowers, this is the tune of Seven Towers. But none can see them now, though they sit by the side of the moat, Feet half in the water, there in a row, long hair in the wind afloat. Therefore, said fair Roland of the Flowers, this is the tune of seven towers. If any will go to it now, he must go to it all alone its gates will not open to any row of glittering spears. Will you go alone? Listen, said fair Roland of the Flowers, This is the tune of Seven Towers. By my love, go there now, To fetch me my coif away, My coif and my kirtle with pearls a-row, Oliver, go to day. Therefore, said fair Roland of the Flowers, this is the tune of Seven Towers. I am unhappy now. I cannot tell you why. If you go, the priest and I in a row will pray that you may not die. Listen, said fair Roland of the Flowers, this is the tune of Seven Towers. If you will go for me now, I will kiss your mouth at last. She saith inwardly, The graves stand gray in a row. Oliver, hold me fast. Therefore, said fair Roland of the Flowers, This is the tune of Seven Towers. And now, for Spellbound. How weary it is, none can tell. How dismally the days go by. I hear the tinkling of the bell. I see the cross against the sky. The year wears round to autumn tide. Yet comes no reaper to the corn. The golden land is like a bride when first she knows herself forlorn. She sits and weeps with all her hair laid downward over tender hands. For stained silk she hath no care, no care for broken ivory wands. to silver cups beside her stand, the golden stars on the blue roof yet glitter, Though against her hand his cold sword presses for a proof he is not dead, but gone away. How many hours did she wait for me, I wonder, till the day had faded wholly and the gate clanged to behind returning nights. I wonder, did she raise her head and go away, fleeing the light, and lay the Samite on her bed, The wedding Samite strewn with pearls, Then sit with hands laid on her knees, Shuddering at half-heard sound of girls That chatter outside in the breeze. I wonder, did her poor heart throb At distant tramp of coming night? How often did the choking sob Raise up her head and lips? The light did it come on her unawares, and drag her sternly down before people who loved her not. In prayers did she say one name and no more. And once, all songs they ever sung, All tales they ever told to me, This only burden through them rung. O oh, golden love that waitest me, The days pass on, pass on apace, Sometimes I have a little rest in fairest dreams when on thy face my lips lie, or thy hands are pressed about my forehead, and thy lips draw nearer and nearer to mine own. But when the vision from me slips, in colorless dawn, I lie and moan. And wander forth with fevered blood that makes me start at little things, the blackbird screaming from the wood, the sudden whirr of pheasant wings, O oh, dearest, scarcely seen by me. But when that wild time had gone by, and in these arms I folded thee, whoever thought those days could die. Yet now I wait, and you wait too, for what perchance may never come. You think I have forgotten you, that I grew tired and went home. But what if some day, as I stood against the wall with strained hands, and turned my face toward the wood, away from all the golden lands, and saw you come with tired feet, and pale face thin and wan with care, and stained raiment no more neat, the white dust lying on your hair? Then I should say, I could not come. This land was my wide prison, dear. I could not choose but go. At home, there is a wizard whom I fear. He bound me round with silken chains I could not break. He set me here above the golden waven plains where never reaper cometh near. And you have brought me my good sword Wherewith in happy days of old I won you well from knight and lord. My heart upswells and I grow bold. But I shall die unless you stand, half-lying now, you are so weak. Within my arms, unless your hand pass to and fro across my cheek. Thank you for listening to Warlock Vorabok Reads, a Cincinnati and Hamilton County public library podcast. Please like and share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, etc. Our next poet was a famous recluse rumored to only dress in white. Till next time! Thanks for listening to Vorbach Vorbach Reads. Subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss future episodes. And discover more of our podcasts at cincinnatilibrary.org podcasts.